Hello, and welcome to The Cynical Podcast, where we take deep dives into the shallow waters of today's blockbuster movies, star-studded films, and most high popcorn flicks. We're your hosts, Klasia, Malik, and Will, and today we're chomping at the bit to discuss the latest entry in Legendary's MonsterVerse, Godzilla vs. Kong. Monkey punch, lizard, monkey punch, lizard, monkey punch, lizard, monkey punch, lizard, monkey punch, monkey punch, monkey All right, before we proceed, this is your spoiler warning. We're going to be talking about all the plot details of Godzilla vs. Kong, so if you haven't seen it yet, turn back now. Courtesy of Letterboxd, here's the summary for Godzilla vs. Kong. In a time when monsters walk the earth, humanity's fight for its future sets Godzilla and Kong on a collision course that will see the two most powerful forces of nature on the planet collide in a spectacular battle for the ages. All right, Malika, Will, this is the one we've been waiting for, Godzilla vs. Kong. What are your first thoughts? I think that I am the subject of a worldwide prank where everyone in the world is saying they like this movie and thought it was pretty good just to like play a joke on me. Who are these Because people? I cannot understand who in the world would have watched this movie beginning to end and thought, yeah, that's pretty good. It's one of the worst movies I've seen in a really long time, probably since... I watched Godzilla King of the Monsters. You guys are the only other people I know who've watched this movie. So I'm surprised to hear you say that. But to be fair, I did read that this was a slam dunk for both HBO Max and theater. So there are a ton of people watching this movie. Maybe they're just starred for anything and they'll just watch it. But to call it a good movie, that's tough. That's really tough. My first impression is twofold. One is I thought the CGI was impressive. Okay, so good job there. But two, I felt like I was asking myself the question, why throughout this movie? Like, why are they constantly putting children in danger? Why is that axe a key? Like, who made that axe? Why is like, Godzilla, like, attacking everybody? Like, how did he know that Super Godzilla existed? Like, there were just so many questions that just didn't work for me. And I was just why like... Why am I still watching this movie? Why am I still watching this movie? <laughs> Thank you, Aaron. Like, that was the number one question, I guess, that sums it all up. But I just... Yeah. I mean, it was fun. But was it fun enough? I don't think so. I think you're being incredibly generous because <laughs> I found this movie to be both boring and stupid, which are the worst qualities you can expect out of a big budget like monster movie like this. Like the fact that I get this is the fourth entry in a monster verse and there's a lot of plot that kind of set up, you know, this showdown, if you will. But the fact that there were multiple scenes where one character is basically thinking aloud or asking a question and another character is then answering or clarifying the question. <laughs> That's pretty much all the dialogue from the human beings in this movie. It's like, why is this happening? Well, you see in this previous movie, like, why? I just need to see Lizard versus Ape. Lizard versus Ape. I don't need your plot points. Lizard punch monkey. Monkey punch lizard. But, like, if that was the main point of the movie, the fight scenes between them, they could have been better. Like, there was a point towards the end of the movie where Godzilla and Kong are fighting, but Godzilla doesn't use its fire breath. Like, Kong would have been burned to a crisp at that point. Like, it just didn't make sense. And then he walks away. He lets Kong live. Like, okay, I get the plot needs to have them both fighting together to save the day. But, like, why? <laughs> It didn't the fact make that sense. we're talking about the fight choreography of two CGI monsters <laughs> just proves that there are so many problems with this movie. I should not be thinking about the plausibility of a fight between Godzilla and Kong. I want to see Lizard Punch Monkey. Lizard Punch Monkey, Monkey Punch Lizard. That's it. How can you mess this but up? do it better. I agree. 
And the one thing I will kind of give this movie credit for is in the previous installments of the MonsterVerse, I think the approach they took to those movies were we're going to make these monsters modern and serious. Like the dark nightification of all blockbusters, you know, like gritty and real. That's what they were kind of going for for the first three movies. And I feel like in this movie, they did kind of lean into like, this is fucking crazy. Like this whole thing is fucking bananas. (laughs) So let's lean into it. My problem with that is that that lean in didn't really happen until like halfway through the movie. And so it was like kind of jarring. They were even setting up the movie along those same lines as the grounded real. What if this happened in real life? And then halfway through, they're just like, oh, yeah, hollow earth, mecha Godzilla. Godzilla has an axe and sits in a big chair that's in the center (laughs) of the earth. And you're like, what? Right. It totally goes off the rails. Okay, I do want to talk more about this MonsterVerse because going into this movie, I had no idea that it was meant to be an installment in effectively what is a large film universe right and the fact that that was not clear to me through any of the promotions is baffling as well as the fact that there's obviously plot points that were kind of setting up what we see in this movie that really even learning about them after the fact didn't matter at all yeah so very loosely set up i really want to know like who's this monster verse for and it and i just i find the production of this movie in that context really fascinating because If you want to compare it to another film cinematic universe, which we must in Marvel, you know, the genius of the MCU is that they do have a producer figurehead who's kind of overseeing and is making sure that even if certain movies may be strained to certain genres or certain tropes and they all kind of come back to a larger narrative. And at least from what I can tell, I don't think there's a person like that at Legendary at Warner Brothers. And every single movie has been made by a different director. There has been a writer who's been common throughout the films either getting story credits or being credited as the screenplay co-writer, but it doesn't seem like there's an actual through line. So trying to create this sense of lore just was a missed for me. Like I didn't care about the lore. I didn't care about hollow earth. I had more questions coming out of it than I wanted to at the end of the movie. So again, lizard punch monkey, that's (laughs) all I wanted. And it did not deliver enough on that front. I mean, to your point, Clay, because they kept referencing the previous movie, which I also did not realize that this was uh, another installment, I was confused more. I was like, wait, is there something that I'm missing? Did I just, like, I kind of went back a few times watching this at certain points because I was like, wait, did I miss something? Oh, wait, they're referencing a movie that is basically irrelevant to the plot of this movie. And I don't know why I felt it was that important to do so when this movie, as you said, was marketed as almost a standalone, even though it wasn't. Yeah, well, I know you've seen, I think, all of the previous movies in the MonsterVerse, so maybe you have some more context that Malik and I are just missing, but please shine a light if you can. Yeah, so I'll give a very brief synopsis of the MonsterVerse up to this point. So in the first Godzilla movie, there was a nuclear accident that woke up these other kaiju, which are like the Titans, and then Godzilla just came out of nowhere basically to kill them. And so... That set up the question, Godzilla, friend or foe? Is he defending us from these other monsters or is he a monster that's trying to just fuck shit up? Then was Kong Skull Island. Takeaway from that movie was King Kong is on an island somewhere. Takes place in the 60s and like that's pretty much it. Godzilla, King of the Monsters. The plot of that movie is the most related to this movie. 
and in King of the Monsters, they're trying to address the question, is Godzilla here to help us or hurt us? And they found more of these Titans and they're monitoring the other Titans to potentially use against Godzilla if Godzilla comes back to fuck shit up. And that's where, like, at the very beginning of the movie, in the opening credits, there's, like, the monster bracket. Basically, the takeaway of that movie is there can only be one king of the monsters. So the main bad guy is Ghidorah, who's a three-headed dragon who Godzilla ends up killing. And then all the other titans, like, bow to Godzilla as the king of the monsters. And now we're here. And so it's kind of a continuation of that story of is Godzilla friend or foe? because he keeps on destroying entire cities and killing millions of people. And so that's why Apex is like developing the system that was also used in the last movie that can like attract Godzilla. Apex secretly wants to just attract him in and destroy that first city so that they have an excuse to kill Godzilla because Apex is just like, we should kill him. Um, and then I guess Monarch is kind of like, maybe they're good. I don't fucking know. It's really stupid. Can't believe I spent that much brain capacity retaining that <laughs> knowledge. But I'm proud of you, bud. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the story up to this point. Okay. That helps okay, a little bit yeah. because I kept hearing people referencing Monarch and I wasn't sure what that was. I mean, all right, kind of like, let's lay the scene, right? Of who, who are the players in this movie. So according to Billing, we have first Alexander Skarsgård as Dr. Nathan Lind, who worked at Monarch, and he's the one that kind of has the idea to use Kong to guide them into Hollow Earth. And uh, there they can get some sort of power, again, dumb, uh, get some sort of power that Apex, the organization, can use for some nefarious purpose that's unknown until later in the movie. And then we have the B-plot with Millie Bobby Brown as Madison Russell. It seems like her character and or her father, and I guess there was some other character, appeared in a previous movie, and she's basically an amateur sleuth who's, like, using this conspiracy theory. Harriet the Spy, basically. Yeah, she's Enola basically Holmes. pulling a, a Harriet Enola the Spy Holmes, right? act. Oh, yeah, it's even better. Enola Holmes act based off of information that she's getting from a conspiracy theory podcast, and the person who's the host of that podcast is Bernie, played by Brian Tyree Henry, because he is basically an Apex employee that's kind of infiltrating things. And then we also have Rebecca Hall, who is Dr. Eileen Andrews, and she's the one that's been studying Kong, it seems like, for about 10 years. And that's how all this kind of gets connected. And there's a few other characters, but there's a couple different plot points, right? And I actually found it really interesting that we saw both Kong and Godzilla as quickly as we did. Like, I remember being kind of taken aback by how quickly yeah. Godzilla shows up. I was like, oh, shit, Godzilla's here. Like, it just seemed like there was no building of tension. It was just like, okay, so Kong's on an island. Cool, cool, cool. He's trapped. And then we see a huge apex factory and all of a sudden Godzilla's attacking it. And there's no context as to why, where he came from. Again, very confused. Even with the wonderful summary you just provided, Will, I still have so many questions about the motivations of all the different characters of this movie. Okay, just to provide another bit of context there. So in the plot of Godzilla, King of the Monsters... They have this device called the Orca device, which basically mimics the frequencies of these Titans, and they can use it to either calm them down or get them riled up. And the frequency of that device of other Titans is what attracts Godzilla to the device. Like Because when they hear the other calls of the Titans, 
they're like, it's time to fucking go. Let's go fuck shit up. And so Apex is using that same Orca device basically Uh. to attract Godzilla to this facility (laughs) to destroy it in order to gain, I think, public support to attack and kill Godzilla because they were like, look, Godzilla attacked again. It's a bad guy. That was so unclear. (laughs) Now that you say that and have explained it, the helicopter scene where the guy goes, it's time, makes a lot more sense. But without that context, I was like, what? Like, is this like the, you know, worst case scenario that you were prepared for? Is that what it's time for? But that really helps. But the fact that you have to explain this to us is part of the problem. That storyline also explains like the initial motivation for Bernie, Tyree Henry's character, because... He's like, hey, there's some nefarious shit going on with Apex. And that's the device he sees when Godzilla attacks and he like sees a little thing. He's like, what the fuck was that? And then when they go back later, it's not there. Like that's the Orca device that's used to attract Godzilla in the first place. But ah, okay, it's all very convoluted. But why not just explain that? I feel like they over-explained other things and gave mm-hmm. us plot points that we didn't need and they could have just like given us that information. Like, oh, that's the Orca device <laughs> that attracts Godzilla. Like, that's why he's here. Like, he could have just said that on the podcast. They had a storytelling device built into this movie, right? They had a podcast where they could have easily just like set the stage for us and then we could have been off to the races. Instead, they gave us this character that I could argue that we didn't even need and spend time with him. Yeah, 1,000% agree. (laughs) Spoiler alert for pod people who know what J.B. Smooth means. For our J.B. Smooth award, I got to explain what that is to first-time listeners. We basically pick the person, place, or thing that just felt the most out of place in the movie. It's a callback to our first episode, Spider-Man Far From Home, where JB's felt like he was in a completely different film, possibly on a green screen. And I think for Godzilla versus Kong, it has to be Brian Tyree Henry's character, Bernie, who's the conspiracy theorist. The energy level that he's operating at is about five notches above anyone else in this movie. Like his podcast could have just been an inciting plot point and we didn't necessarily need him to carry through throughout the rest of the movie. I don't know. Like, I feel bad taking a job away from a black man, but dude, what were you doing in this movie? It was awful. Right. Or they could have like had him in the beginning and then he dies during that first Godzilla attack. It kind of sets up his character, sets up that Millie Bobby Brown, like listens to him and then like one less character to deal with. Like, yeah. And they could have used his podcast, like the backlog of episodes of his podcast. She could have been listening to them for clues. And that could have been the thing that was like leading her further into the conspiracy of apex. But him being there and like weirdly kind of like taking children on a weird <laughs> like that was strange like yeah, I don't like not that good, at all. Not, good not to there. mention his character totally lends credibility and validates alt conspiracy theorists like this crazy dude who showers in bleach and like has this crazy podcast that no one listens to and wears tinfoil hats was right. He was right the whole time. Wait, yeah. Do you think his podcast has more listeners than ours? I that think it might. <laughs> not we should lean more that. into conspiracy theories is what I'm getting out of this. Mm. Okay, next podcast, listeners. <laughs> All right, moving on. But yes, completely agree. And that whole first incident, I feel like could have been the first 20 minutes of the movie instead of the first five minutes of the movie. Because you're right, they're taking too much for granted what people know and remember about the other Godzilla movies. Or even assuming other people saw the other Godzilla movies. Yeah, that's a really great point. And you'll never catch me saying this again because I am a huge fan of when movies are brief 
and this movie actually comes in at, at I think, an hour and like 52, 53 minutes. But they could have actually spent more time and added more to this movie to flesh out both the plot and the characters. My biggest gripe with the movie is that the human characters are incredibly thin and I don't care about them. And a lot of the plot devices that kind of brings them together and all the things that kind of sets the events of the movie into motion, they didn't really hold water. Like, I don't fully understand why half of the characters would agree to do some of the things that they do. Like, the the plot with the biggest problems is definitely the Millie Bobby Brown side plot. And it doesn't make any sense why her father, who works with or in an adjacent corporation to Apex, would be so nonchalant about the way that she's acting It doesn't make sense that her friend would just show up with his brother's van, I guess, and then go along with her on this mission to go meet a rando from the Internet. Again, we've already talked about Brian Tyree Henry's character could have just been used as sort of the podcasting voice and not actually have been a character that we see throughout the runtime. There's just so many problems with the decisions that like we don't know why you're doing what you're doing. It's because the characters are just set right into motion, right? Like we'd spend barely any time with any of these characters before the inciting incident of Godzilla attacking pops off. Like to your point, Will, that happens within like the first 10 minutes of the movie. 10 minutes is not enough time to get a sense of who these characters are outside of conflict. Like good storytelling, you have time to flesh out at least a couple of your main characters to understand who they are and what they stand for so that when they react in conflict, it's either in line or it's in opposition to who we understand them to be. And then we can understand why the actions that they take have driven the plot in a certain direction. We didn't even have time to do that. So like, what's the rush? Like, I don't understand what the, and again, this just could just be a pacing issue with the movie, but we don't spend enough time with these people to get them to be anywhere near close to being three dimensional. So their decisions are meaningless to me or just infuriating. And then when they die or anything happens to them, I don't really care. So like, again, monkey punch Liz, like (laughs) this was not difficult. Don't give me humans and then do nothing with them. I feel like the reason for the shortened kind of inciting incident and explaining actually what the fuck is going on was because I remember kind of the pushback against definitely the first Godzilla movie. And then even Godzilla King of the Monsters was similar to what you're saying, Clacia, that they spent too much time. Like, there wasn't even enough screen time with Godzilla. There wasn't enough action with the monsters, which is what people want to see. So I feel like they took that and they said, okay, let's not take the time to, like, really explain this because no one really fucking cares, which I think kind of explains why people responded more positively to this movie because it did have more just Godzilla and Kong punching each other. But instead of shortening the actual amount of human plot, they just took more plot and like squeezed it down. It's like, just cut all of that out. You don't even need to explain that. All the plot is getting to is monkey punch lizard. That's all we need to get to. You don't need this convoluted plot as to why monkey punch lizard. All you need to see is monkey punch lizard. Right. The whole hollow earth plot could have been removed and you still would have gotten what you came for. Or like the daughter of the, you know, apex uh, CEO. Like I didn't need her. Like when she died, I didn't even blink. Like there was no emotional heft to that at all. Or Asa Gonzalez just in the movie to look hot and then die. Yeah. I mean, she's beautiful. (laughs) I wish they had given her more of a character, but even her father, when he died, I was like, yeah, I saw that coming. Like there was just no emotional like power to any of that. But the only character that did have emotional power behind her was the little girl. Is it Gia? Yeah. She was so cute. And I did, like, if she had died, I would have lost my shit. Like, she was the best character, hands down. 
But they mistreated her so badly in this movie. Why was she even taken to Hollow Earth? Like, she could have died. Like, didn't they know the last people who went to Hollow Earth, like, got splat? Like, they were literally, like... Yeah, it was Alexander Skarsgård's brother. He was like, yeah, yeah my brother, brother got like, they literally just like squashed, imploded, or squashed. Whatever. Is that the word they use? I was like, they got squashed. And, they're like, and like, you're taking this small child. Girl. What's like, yeah, like 10, 12, whatever she is, like down there. Not cool. And then the other thing, I know it's so minor, but like after at the very end, when Alexander Skarsgård has gotten injured, he like leans on her. I'm like, dude, she's a child. You can like hobble away on your own. You do not need to lean on this small person. See, that's supposed that to represent the entire movie leaning on this small <laughs> character. I oh think you're God, right. Yeah, it's, it's a metaphor. Wow. That's, that's a lot to give her. And if, if that was the case, they needed to cut out a lot of the other characters. And just let her shine because she was awesome. Malika, I completely agree with you both about Gia being kind of the emotional crux of the movie. And the earlier point about the Hollow Earth stuff was either could have been completely removed or reworked so that it felt more in line with the rest of the movie. Because, like, honestly, though, anytime you see a white dude in a suit talking about harnessing unknown power sources, just run away. (laughs) There's just no point. It, It never ends well. Avatar, literally any MCU movie, just stop. Yeah. This is kind of a side note, but... Do you guys ever watch movies and then have that immersion break and all of a sudden you're just looking at the screen and you're like, those people are acting like that's acting going on right now. <laughs> those that's not a real person. Are you stoned right now? Will? No, but that was happening to me constantly during this movie. Like none of the actors were like immersing me in the story. It's just like Rebecca Hall and Alexander Skarsgård saying some like fucking crazy shit. Insane line. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And you're like, these people are. There's acting. like a line Rebecca Hall says in the beginning of like, there can only be one Alpha Titan, and I'm like, why? <laughs> yeah. Like, the fuck are you talking about? Like, the lore says or like mythology. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, they were trying yeah. to connect like the ancient Sumerians and all these like ancient cultures like had the same prophecy about. I'm like, what are we doing? What? Why? That's what Why? I mean. Like Eileen Andrews is explaining the history. I was like, Rebecca Hall, what the fuck are you saying? Like, why are you yeah. doing this? That's a good point, though. Well, I think part of like when the lack of immersion in the movie happens, it's easily notable when you don't remember the characters' names and you're just calling them by the actors' names. Exactly. Like, you yeah. are not even this character. Like the fact that her name is Eileen Andrews, just remembered thinking. I about did not the know that until you said it. Yeah. Yeah. I, to me, she's Rebecca Hall. Without looking at the <laughs> cast list, can you name a single character besides Kong or Godzilla? Or Gia. The girl, because they say Just her name Gia. a lot. Wait. No, I couldn't tell. Uh, oh. No, I don't even know Millie Bobby Brown's character's name. What's her oh, name? Oh, no. <laughs> not a single one. They're not memorable. But you know what? I think you're right. Now that you say that, for me, that moment was when they went into Hollow Earth because it was just so over the top like why didn't the gravity affect kong there was just too many questions like that's when it began for me like the why 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 became so loud in my head i couldn't appreciate the movie for what it was like it just didn't make sense it was too far beyond what i could handle <laughs> it just was just ridiculous and we're taking a deep dive into shallow waters that's what we're doing that's right what that's do. what we do splish splash we're taking a bath but okay all of these other movies have set up these monsters as like kind of ancient beings they're monsters right they're like there's no really explaining their motives or like why things are the way they're they're just monsters that are there that are like from the beginning of time that fuck shit up they're like the original rulers of the earth but then when they go into hollow earth there's like this whole 
actual civilization. This movie was fun to watch because of how bad it was. And I watched it with two friends and we were constantly remarking on these things. But when Kong walks into hollow earth and there's like that room with the stadium and there's the chairs <laughs> yeah. and the axe where we're like, who that? built these stadiums? Who built it? Who sits in it? Also, questions. if the axe is so important that it's a key, why was it left in the skull of some random beast? Like, just wasting away if that ends up being like the thing that solves all the problems. Also, all the daughter needed to do was to like be near the energy source and then it like transmit its back. What? What would they transmit it? That made zero sense. I'm sorry. We're talking about shit that makes no sense. It's like this skull of Ghidorah from the last oh, yeah. movie powers Mecha Godzilla. <laughs> And then they're hardwiring its DNA. And then what the fuck does that mean? All of a sudden, Ghidorah like wakes up and kills the dude who's driving it and just takes over Mecha Godzilla. And they're like, yep, that's what happened. And yeah, you're like, okay, how? That, why? And you're like, let's ah. talk about that because I was very confused by that bit. So, yeah, somehow there was enough life source in the DNA of Ghidorah's skull that when the Mecha suit was powered enough, it was like, yep time for me to take over and then it killed its human control what the fuck what what why crazy. yeah no. so but, is consciousness living in dna is that worse i'm so confused so what i struggle with the most is i think what will said at the beginning where they were trying to like dark nightify this movie fine then pick that lane and stick with it and kind of be realistic in some ways knowing that there's this inherent suspension of disbelief but like there was just it's like they started to do that and then they were like fuck it let's just go balls to the walls let's just make stuff up and then like it'll be fine but on the other hand like if you wanted to do that then own that that it's kind of crazy it just kind of like didn't pick a lane i think that's what was tough it goes back to the conversation we had with frozen 2 when we were talking about match, <laughs> this is wow. The I connections love that we between can bring up Frozen, Frozen Two now, two and King deep Kong dives in shallow waters. But it's like Harry Potter never attempts to explain what magic is. It's just magic. Like you have no questions. You're like, okay, it's magic. I accept that. The more you try to explain this shit, the more you're like, what the fuck are you talking right. about? That doesn't make any sense. And it's the same thing with this. The more human plotline they put together to try and explain why all this shit is happening, you're like, what? Why? How? Who is this? What are they doing? Why is that there? Why does right. a skull all of a sudden power a robot? What? If like they don't explain any of that and you're just like, whatever, then most of us are like, okay, whatever. Like We accept that. We accept whatever as an answer better than we accept a bad explanation. Right. Agreed. Agreed completely agree i think that's a good place to kind of talk about you know we'll usually have a, a segment where you take one thing in the movie that you think if you change it, it would make the movie better what's that one thing for you like what do you think if you change this this can make this movie either more coherent or just more fun whatever it might be yeah i understand that like millie bobby brown might be the biggest quote star in this movie like the most recognizable name but her entire storyline uh, alexander skarsgård is a movie star okay if you took 10 people off the street and you said, do you know who Millie Bobby Brown is? I would say eight of them would say yes. If you had said Alexander Skarsgård, I'd be surprised if it was more than five. This sounds like a question for the fans. So Yeah, I don't know if I agree with you on that. The listeners. And like, honestly, a lot of people know Kyle Chandler from Friday Night Lights. So. Yeah, but I only ever call him Coach. Yep, Coach Taylor. Coach Taylor. Taylor. Fair enough. So. But so this is a good one. We'll uh, put it to the yeah, fans. Yeah, we'll put it on the Instagram and get a poll going. But... 
That being said, the whole Millie Bobby Brown plotline added literally nothing to the entire movie. All it did was introduce more questions. And it's like, first of all, how are these kids? Like, there's no explanation that they're like super sleuths or that they are secret agents, but they're somehow sneaking past this entire like huge government facility with guards and shit. It's like, how are you doing this? Where are you going? Why are you doing this? Why do you just like break into Apex and then you stumble upon Mecha Godzilla? But you don't even do anything to stop Mecha Godzilla. That's the end of their storyline, and they don't do anything. They do. They do. They're the ones who kind of save the day, right? They like they mess with the connection. Oh, they pour whiskey on the console, mm-hmm. which somehow short circuits Mecha. Right. What janky ass engineer built this? Yeah. Right. But you didn't need any of those characters to do that. You could have just had like a random like custodian do that. You did not. You need could have just had characters. Kong and Godzilla figure out a way to beat him without that. True, true. They didn't need the the cheat. It was just, it added really nothing quality to the movie. And the movie would have been better with less of this wild ass shit going on on the human side to try and explain why monkey punch lizard. Monkey punch lizard. That's the answer. That's all we Literally every time King Kong or Godzilla are not on screen, someone should be asking, where's King Kong? Where's Godzilla? Why the fuck is Millie Bobby Brown here? We're not paying for this movie to see her. Monkey punch lizard. You know what could have been interesting is if the way we followed King Kong, right? We knew where he was at all times, roughly, because he was with our main human characters. But we never really knew what Godzilla was up to, except for, like, little flashes when he was, like, drilling down into Hollow Earth. So it could have been interesting if they replaced all of the time that they spent with Millie Bobby Brown with just Godzilla. Like, what is he up to? What's he doing? You know? What's Godzilla doing? Godzilla, what what you thinking? What you thinking? Well, I could not agree more. I will say one element that involved the humans in the movie that I thought was pitch perfect was the quick deaths to all the pointless villains. It's pretty rare that you see, like, monologuing villain or just, like, straight one-dimensional bad person in, like, Aza Gonzalez's character just like, oh, you're just dead. Like, Kong just grabs their heaved hell helicopter and just crushes it it's like oh you're dead now and then like the the ceo of apex monologuing for some reason to like millie bobby brown and friends about how he's gonna harness this power to like take over how humans are now gonna be the apex predators and then gets immediately taken out by mechazilla it's just like wow that was nice like shut the fuck up this is not why we're here we're not here for you agreed they just needed to do it to like eight more people in this movie (laughs) yeah And then leave Gia as the one true leader. And then all of the alpha titans, hey now, start following her. Exactly. Oh, I like it. Wow. They all learn sign language. This movie becomes a movie about accessibility. And then she becomes the apex predator. Wow. <laughs> she is the apex predator. I love it. Wow. That is a hopeful film right there. That's deep. Malika, I know this could be a struggle, but do you have a fun fact about Godzilla versus Kong? No. No, I do not have a fun fact for this movie. That's honestly an acceptable answer for this movie that's true so one thing i do want to like just touch on a little bit um since you know we are doing this whole podcast and all of the movies now that we are doing are being released on home video through streaming providers the only explanation i can come up with why this movie has relatively good reviews it has a 6.6 on imdb 75 critic rating on Rotten Tomato and 93 audience score on Rotten Tomato. That's upsetting. So I think the only explanation there is, is that I think this is the first just like true brainless blockbuster to come out Mm -hmm. on these streaming service release schedules. 
there have been some big movies up to this point, but this is the only one that has like that kind of theater scale of like blockbuster action movie. And I think a lot of people yeah. were just like thirsty for something they could turn their brain off to and watch Monkey Punch Lizard. A popcorn flick, one might a say. A popcorn flick, exactly. Yeah. And agree, like, this is the kind of movie that I would have actually seen in theaters because, like, you know it would be beautiful on the big screen. So I bet, like, that's part of it. I think you're right. Yeah, and we do know, like, there's a decent amount of people that have gone to theaters to see this movie, right? Like, the box office numbers, I believe, mm-hmm. are about... 132 million at this point so there are people that are just craving that theater experience that have gone out and just probably wanted to have fun so i can definitely appreciate the value that it brings to to audiences after the last year plus that we've experienced as as a globe but i don't know maybe having seen this in theaters would up it a notch for me but as it stands kind of just felt like a waste of an hour and 53 minutes again grateful was under two hours but yeah. Not something I would care to revisit. Or honestly, it doesn't make me excited about the rest of this proposed MonsterVerse. Like, I don't know if there's been announcements about further productions in this MonsterVerse and, like, other movies coming out. Or if, I'm it sure there like, will be. Yeah, I'm there's sure. obviously a slew of other characters they can call upon, right? Like, we've already seen Ghidorah. You know, there's obviously Mothra, who's a, a well-known monster. That was in, in the, the last one, you know. too. So it's possible that there's more to come and that things will just kind of get better over time. But maybe I'm just burned out by the IPification of just entertainment and everything having a connected universe because it's a really difficult thing to pull off. And I would argue really only Marvel's done it well in movies recently. Like outside of things like Harry Potter, things that had an established canon through books or some other media, there's so many of these films that are kind of coming out that you can tell studios are hoping can set up a universe that can be basically a money printing factory for several years, right? And I don't know. I just feel like this MonsterVerse, maybe with some retooling, it could be better. But as it stands, like, they could just come and go and it would make no difference, really, to the pop culture zeitgeist. I think for me, the issue is, like, I was super disappointed with this movie. I was really, really excited to watch it, you know, because I wanted to see the explosions and the, you know, the big action scenes. But... It didn't deliver, right? Like another movie that could be potentially similar is like Hobbs and Shaw that we covered like a year and a half ago. You got what you went there for. You knew that it wasn't going to be the most intelligent movie in the world, but you knew there were going to be these like two characters who were going to be charismatic. There's going to be certain action scenes. There's definite suspension of disbelief, but you got what you signed up for. In this movie, I feel like they promised a lot more than they delivered, right? Godzilla versus Kong, you wanted to see something really epic. And yes, you got some fight scenes, but it wasn't really the point of the movie the point was really like this hollow earth or maybe it was you know how humans feel not being the apex creature like I just I feel like they were trying to add so much philosophy to it or like new discoveries I it just was it promised more than it delivered on yeah I would absolutely agree with that Malika and but one thing I will say is that the tagline for this movie is one will fall the title is Godzilla versus Kong and while we do get fights between Godzilla versus Kong, the actual enemy was Mecha Godzilla. Right. So I actually don't think it delivered. We basically get a third monster who is the manifestation of the folly of man, really. And it's all about, I guess, Godzilla and Kong overcoming their differences to take down this monstrosity that if it won, if Mecha Godzilla had won, it's basically a score for the humans as we are the apex predators. So it's like it seemed like it was trying to say more than just, hey, here are these two monsters punching. Like there is like there is that philosophical kind of takeaway that we're, I think we're supposed to get out of it because the movie ends with Kong 
back home in hollow earth, like being free and I guess being studied or whatever. I think it it was spinning its wheels in a few different directions. And then ultimately we didn't go anywhere because of it. I mean, I feel like to summarize what you and I are saying, Clay, like this movie wasn't dumb enough, like to be this big, dumb movie. It wasn't dumb enough. Like it tried to be too much. And it went to community college and wanted you to think that it was a Harvard graduate. (laughs) Like that's basically right. Like dumb it down. And then I'm all for it. Agreed. Dumb it down more. So, Will, Malika, we'll wrap this one up. What would you rate Godzilla versus Kong? Oh, man. I think I would give this movie a two out of five. And I'm only giving it two because I thought the CGI was really cool. But a two out of five useless axes. Yeah. I just, I'm just so disappointed. I wanted so much more. Yeah. I think it, for me, is a 1.5 weird straw Godzilla dolls that Gia carries um, (laughs) out of five because I thought that doll was pretty cute. (laughs) Yeah. Agreed on the CGI fight scenes were cool, but as a movie, they weren't cool enough to carry the movie. Yeah. Yeah. We need more fight scenes and then maybe we would have given it a higher score. Yeah. I think I'm in line with both of you. I'd give this movie a 1.75 out of five destroyed battleships. It delivered in the handful of action scenes that it had. I think I would agree with both of you. The CGI looked really good. I think it would have looked great in like an IMAX theater. But everything else just kind of felt like a slog. So, yeah, I think we're kind of averaging about it, too. And that's a fair rating based off of what we've discussed thus far. So how about uh, any final thoughts before we kind of say goodbye? One final why for you guys. And maybe, Will, you know the answer. But when they're in Hollow Earth and Kong put that axe, you know, again, why? Why? into the you know the the imprint on the floor and it turns something on and this power source you know shows up did you guys notice that the ring around his throne looked like godzilla or like some sort of lizard why explain to me why what was the significance there also did we ever get an answer on how the apex ceo even knew that there was a power source in hollow earth nope okay cool (laughs) that's my final thought (laughs) cool 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 Something about magnets, like literally it felt like that meme where it's like the guy was like, magnets, how do how they do work? They like it was literally like all their fake us. science m- mumbo jumbo. It's just us. like we've identified magnetic through lines through the earth that connect to this core and that must be hollow earth. And then we can trace back the signatures. What the fuck are you talking about? I don't, I'm not a scientist. I'll be the first one yeah. to be like, I'm not that science smart, but I don't think that's how magnets work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What about you guys? Final thoughts? I feel like a lot of what we're, I've said, at least, is kind of shitting on action movies, which is not how I feel. Like, you can do action movies and not make them all that deep and make them really good. For instance, Mad Max Fury Road. It's essentially one long chase scene. I mean, there is more to it than that. Don't want to not give it the credits due, but... Yeah, but the setup for what we see on screen is basically a day-long car chase. Right, and it's an awesome movie. Same with John Wick. Like, the plot of that movie is someone kills his dog, and he's going to kill the person that killed his dog. That's the entire movie, and it's a great movie. The first one. The first one is a great movie. If you're doing an action movie like this, it can be pretty simple and dumb. If, like, the action and the actual movie what we see can carry that dumb plot for the entire runtime it can still be a good movie 
yeah, I guess my final thought is what we were talking about earlier. The more you explain shit, the more questions you open yourself up for. And if you don't have answers for those, then it's just going to leave a bad impression to whoever watches it. Yeah, definitely agree with that. More questions than answers. All right. I have two main takeaways. First thing, I do appreciate Bernie, the conspiracy theorist guy, using a flip phone. That was a nice touch. (laughs) I'm like, if you're going to go as far as to showering with bleach, Oh my gosh. Uh, Then, yeah, you shouldn't use a smartphone, you fucking idiot, because (laughs) you will easily be tracked. So, I did appreciate that little nugget. The second thing that I would like to bring up is King Kong, to start the movie, throws like a giant stick or like a tree at the dome where he's being held captive on Skull Island. Like, can we see Kong versus the Night King in a Japanese <laughs> contest? Like, maybe that's the movie that we need. Maybe Warner Brothers just <laughs> needs to like take year. all of their properties and just make like a Super Smash Brothers style crossover, where yeah. it's like all these like creatures from like Game of Thrones, The Sopranos, whatever. Just throw any, any kind of thing property you want that oh Warner Brothers God, owns. A Gabagool eating contest. You yeah, I want a that. Super Smash Brothers style of like HP. I guess that's what Space Jam Two is supposed to be, but like it's for kids. Like I want the gritty reboot. Right. Like, can it's we like make Hanna that Barbera happen? versus like sponsor us HBO yeah. Max? Like, can I? Sponsor I will give you anyone? ideas for free. I do like the insane clown posse. I would love to be sponsored by them. <laughs> that's been my favorite. All right, so I think that's all we have to say about Godzilla versus Kong. More monkey punch lizard would be good, but you know, eh, it's fine. If you're bored, I guess watch it if you already have HBO Max, but I can't possibly recommend you go out of your way to watch this movie. But you know, thank you for listening. It's always a great time talking to Malik and Will about these fun releases. Big shout out to our producer, Aaron. You can follow him at ak.audio on Instagram, and you can follow us at CynicalPod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So, you know, if you like what you hear, um, subscribe. Rate us five stars. That'd be nice. You know, so we get sponsored. Sponsor us Letterboxd. Sponsor us um, Insane Clown Posse. Sponsor us T-shirts. Magnets, how do they work? Sponsor us magnets. Sponsor us hashtag magnets. <laughs> so yeah, it's been a blast. Until next time, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. What do you guys think is the over-under on the number of times you both said monkey punch lizard? Not enough. <laughs> <laughs>